Citizen Critic is a podcast where we critique the critics and review the reviews of the movies, music, television, and also etc. that matter to you. Listen to Citizen Critic on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart Radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday. And by the way, welcome to the month of November. Is that a cool north breeze we feel? Welcome aboard here at 6 for our first check of Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, the impeachment vote is cast. More in one minute. We'll talk about that and one word. Get ready to hear it. Charamella, as in whistleblower. Next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says yesterday's vote on the impeachment inquiry into President Trump is a sad thing for this country. It's very sad. We don't want to impeach a president. We don't want the reality that a president has done something that is in violation of the Constitution. Pelosi speaking on CBS's Late Show with Stephen Colbert after the House voted along party lines to formalize public procedures for the inquiry moving forward. At issue is Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine, reaction on Fox News from White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham. In a court of law, you're innocent until proven guilty. Here, we're clearly guilty and have to prove our innocence, which won't be a problem because we already released a transcript showing the president did absolutely nothing wrong. Meanwhile, the impeachment vote prompted a GOP prank on Capitol Hill. Republicans pounced on this opportunity with the National Republican Congressional Committee dropping empty boxes off in front of the offices of Democrats from swing districts. The Capitol Police came to investigate reports of suspicious packages, and the NRCC tweeted, we know Democrats love investigations, but why are they kicking a gift horse in the mouth? These boxes will be useful next November. Fox's Leland Vittert reporting. As in what? Empty boxes, you'll get no votes? Is empty that it? boxes for moving. Oh, got it. I got it. You'll be out of here. One term and out. Got mm-hmm. it. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two people are dead after their small plane crashed in Ocala. Investigators say the Beechcraft Baron had some sort of mechanical problem before it went down yesterday. Here's the last transmission from the pilot. The plane landed on State Road 200 just west of I-75 clipping the top of an SUV before hitting a pole and bursting into flames. The SUV driver was taken to a hospital for treatment. The identities of the two fatalities are not yet being released. A juror who helped convict Markeith Lloyd recalls some resistance in reaching the verdict. Lloyd was convicted in Orlando two weeks ago of killing his pregnant ex-girlfriend and her unborn baby three years ago. One of the jurors tells Channel 9 that two jurors initially thought Lloyd was not guilty and it took some convincing to get them to change their minds. Lloyd was sentenced to life in prison, but the juror says she supported the death penalty because Lloyd showed no remorse. The San Francisco 49ers survive a scare to keep their winning streak alive. Jimmy G keeps a zero in the loss column for the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo, Pettis, touchdown! 
Joe Buck on Fox. Jimmy Garoppolo finds Dante Pettis for his fourth touchdown pass of the game, going with 317 yards in the air as the Niners top the Arizona Cardinals 28-25. San Francisco now 8-0 on the season for only the second time in franchise history as they remain one of only two undefeated teams left in the NFL. And that win for the 49ers, snapping an eight-game losing streak against the Cardinals. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. That other team undefeated would be the New England Patriots, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, really? Yep, Just yep, thought sure. I'd throw that in. Thanks right? for that breaking news, All right, Patriots fan. WFLA News time is 6.05. Four men are arrested after trying to smuggle 880 pounds of meth in bottles of hot sauce. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. PM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio WFLA Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Butt-heading around Inspector Melissa Fox and Kelly Velez with you until 9 o'clock. Kelly, you were last man in this morning, and uh, you noted a change in the weather that's been forecast, a break in the heat and humidity. It's actually very beautiful outside right now. Nice and windy, not too cold, but it feels like fall right now. Yeah, and we're looking right at now. 72 with a north breeze, and it was 10 degrees warmer than that when we got in here sure a couple was. of hours ago, Alan and yeah. Melissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was walking the dachshunds this morning in the same heat and humidity. I said, when is the cool weather coming? And uh, Kelly reports it is here. In fact, Kelly's wearing a hoodie right now as evidence. <laughs> uh, he always runs cold. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to come into work, you know, bring the breeze in with me. and It looks like Bill Belichick in there. I need to make another Patriot fan, possibly. I told you I'm <laughs> going to take the uh, sleeves off of this one of yeah, these days go. just for you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, good deal. we got a lot to talk about on the impeachment front. We will get to it later on. Your opportunity to weigh in on what looks like going to be uh, a $15 an hour minimum wage constitutional amendment on the 2020 ballot here in the state of Florida. Would you vote for that or against it and why? We'll be talking about it later on. And the whistleblower, we think we have the name. We'll tell you about this guy in just a moment. Don't miss it. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We are glad you're with us. And don't miss your chance to win $1,000 as we attempt to make your wallet great again with our texting contest. We're just about to announce the keyword of the hour. You text that keyword to 200-200, you could be winning a grand. Watch for a call from area code 513 informing you that you have won. And listen every hour all day long for the keyword and your chance to win $1,000 as we make your wallet great again. 607 on Good Morning Orlando. In just two minutes, an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Headlines right now in the vote to continue the impeachment inquiry and finalize and formalize the rules. All the Republicans stayed with the president and voted against it. Two Democrats bolted from Pelosi and voted against it. Among Central Florida lawmakers, they were split along party lines. Congressional Republicans Bill Posey, Ross Pano, Michael Walls, and Daniel Webster voting yesterday against formalizing the impeachment inquiry. Democrats Val Demings, Stephanie Murphy, and Darren Soto locally uh, voted with the majority in favor. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. 
And because the Democrats have the majority in the House, the vote, largely along party lines, was 232 to 196. But I don't look at this as particularly a bad day for President Trump and the Republicans, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, there is battleground state polling that is out there. New York Times upshot Siena College poll, including Florida registered voters here. We're talking six battleground states. There's opposition to impeaching and removing the president by 52 to 44 percent in the six states. You know, people are in for the inquiry, all right? They, they want to know about it. You know, all right, let, let's check this out. But this doesn't sound like anything you throw an elected president out for. So they're in for the inquiry, 51 to 44, but against throwing the president out of office, 52 to 44. And let's look at the Florida vote of the registered voters in this poll. And it shows this, 53% are opposed to impeaching and removing the president. Only 42% support it. Um, as for the inquiry, 49% of Floridians are in for the inquiry, 44 opposed to it. So an inquiry and the ultimate impeachment and conviction of a president are two entirely different issues. And I think as things unfold here, unless there is some huge additional event, this is going to be a disaster for the Republicans and nothing but upside moving into 2020 for the re-election of this president and good news for the Republican Party. As tough as all of this is on the country and as unnecessary as it is, um, let's listen to Trump, who is on the phone to Nigel Farage in Britain, who's the champion of the Brexit movement here. Here's what he had to say about the vote and the move toward impeachment. The Democrats are desperate. They're desperate. Uh, they have nothing. They've got nothing going. We call them, we really call them the do-nothing Democrats. And we're, it's really sticking because they're doing nothing. And it's the only way they're going to try and win the election this way because they can't win it the fair way. And then there is House Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, you know, one of the preeminent Trump haters in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives, as we know. Now, you heard in Allen's news here, you know, how borderline weepy Nancy Pelosi was and sad, sad about this impeachment process. You know, this is just a terrible thing. Listen to Schiff here. And is there anybody, anybody who actually believes that he believes what he is saying? This is a solemn day in the history of our country. You love it. When the misconduct has compelled us to continue to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. Yeah, we we take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry. But neither do we shrink from it. Okay, Adam, thank you very much. Yeah, you're not going to sell me that. But at any rate, now listen to this. Yesterday, they had behind closed doors testimony by... Um, a White House official, his name is Tim Morrison. He was among those listening into Trump's call with the Ukrainian president. It's at the heart of all of this. And he, he testified yesterday, it is reported, I want to be clear, I was not concerned that anything illegal was discussed. He had concerns how this would play in a polarized Washington if it got out, how it would affect bipartisan support in Congress for Ukraine policy and how it would impact U.S.-Ukraine relations. But if there's no crime, obviously there's nothing impeachable here. And this was exactly what the Democrats did not 
want to hear. So, in a moment, I believe we have the name of the whistleblower. That name has been flying under the radar in Washington, largely known by the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine, but they're keeping mum on this because when you learn what is reported on this guy and he appears to be the whistleblower, most people in the know believe he is, and there's an investigative report that I will cite that cites him in just a moment, you will realize what kind of trouble the Democrats are going to be in moving forward. Eric Charamella. Get ready to hear that name. You may have just heard the full name here for the first time. Let me tell you about this guy, believed to be the whistleblower, in a moment. And I'll take your calls at 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Local headlines now breaking overnight. An Orange County mother and son are in the hospital after a car fire spread to their mobile home and destroyed it. It happened late last night on the 1800 block of East Orlando Road out Bithlow Way. Orange County Fire and Rescue say a 911 caller indicated there were fireworks going off inside the vehicle. The flames quickly spread to the nearby mobile home. A mother, a father, and a son escaped. The mom had minor injuries. The boy though we're told was seriously burned. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Who's the whistleblower? A RealClearPolitics.com investigation, Real Clear Investigation says it is and that a lot of Washington... The politicos and the media have known this for a while, is a man by the name of Eric Charamella. C-I-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A, we're told pronounced Charamella. And that the website heavy.com that does a lot of political reporting and analysis is confirming that, that it apparently Rand Paul has even tweeted the name, and the name came up in some of this secret behind-closed-door testimony that Schiff and company have been running in the impeachment uh, probe. Eric Charamella, let me tell you who this guy is because it is widely believed now, and we're having additional confirmation, and you're going to be hearing about this, that this is, in fact, the whistleblower. Now, what do we know about Eric Charamella? Let me give you what we have in the Real Clear Investigation report here. Um, 33-year-old Yale grad, Eric Charamella, a registered Democrat, held over from the Obama White House. Isn't that interesting? Early we heard that there was a problem with the uh, whistleblower, not only because all he had was second- and third-hand information, all right, but that he had political bias. Well, now this gets fleshed out that he previously worked with former Vice President Joe Biden. Hmm, the Bidens, Ukraine? Interesting. And with CIA Director John Brennan, who's one of the great Trump haters of all time and uh, was the one who helped initiate the Russian collusion investigation and hoax of the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. He left his National Security Council post, Charamella, in the White House's West Wing in mid-2017, 
amid concerns about negative leaks to the media. He is now working for the CIA out of Langley, Virginia. A former National Security Council official says he was accused of working against Trump and leaking against Trump. Oh, this is going to be rich when all of this explodes in Washington. Charamella huddled for guidance with staff with the staff of House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. Oh, I didn't think he knew anything about the whistleblower. That's curious. Charamella worked with a Democratic National Committee operative who dug up dirt on the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. Wow. It goes on. A CIA officer specializing in Russia and Ukraine, Eric Charamella, was detailed over to the National Security Council from the agency in the summer of 2015. This is during the Obama regime, right? Working under Susan Rice, President Trump's national security advice. Another Trump hater. And he also worked closely with former Vice President Biden, as I said. Federal records showing that Biden's office invited Charamella to an October 2016 state luncheon with the vice president, hosted uh, for the Italian prime minister at the time. Other invited guests, including John Brennan, as well as then FBI Director James Comey, and then National Intelligence Director James Clapper, all preeminent Trump haters. It is further reported in the Real Clear Investigation report that former White House officials said Charamella worked on Ukrainian policy issues for Biden in 2015 and 2016 when the vice president was President Obama's point man for Ukraine and that Charamella was held over into the Trump administration, headed the Ukraine desk at the National Security Council eventually winding up in the West Wing until June of 2017. As one former White House official reported, he was moved over to the front office where he saw everything and read everything. That it soon became clear among National Security Council staff that Charamella opposed the new Republican president's foreign policies and his views were at odds with the president's policies. Charamella left the Trump White House soon after Mueller was appointed. Hmm. Interesting. Is there Here's any... to be the whistleblower. Heavy.com says now they have confirmation of that. Is there anybody in Washington who hasn't hung out with Joe Biden? Well, he's been around <laughs> a long time, and that's one of the issues he has on the campaign trail. He's got a long trail here. But he is, of course, a name that is very much tied into all of this conversation about, uh, about the Ukraine. No question about it. So um, what are we getting on the text line on this, Melissa? And what do you think, quickly? Oh, quickly? I think this is probably the guy. They've been talking about him on and off since October. Uh, let's see. Someone says, be careful using the whistleblower's name as the left is always trying to set a trap for us good guys. I think they're talking about the possibility of being suicided. Uh, let's see. We knew Eric C. three months ago while Schiff hires an Eric co-worker, Sean, as a staff member, and then the big house begins. So this throws out the entire so-called impeachment inquiry. Free chalupas in every restaurant. How about that? Uh, that's Brennan saying. <laughs> Brennan looks. What? He says what? Brennan what will it? look good in orange stripes. I, you know, I'm just reading what they write. Yeah, okay. I got it. We're mm. going to do a whole lot more on this, all right? <laughs> but two words. Whistle, blower. Two more. Eric Charamella. Two more words. Alan Spector. 
Trump makes his retirement plans, and the world champs return to the nation's capital. Those stories and others. Plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 6.30 on Good Morning Orlando. we got 21 million people here in the state of Florida, but we got room for one more, right, Alan? Apparently, <laughs> President Trump making it known where he wants to spend his post-White House years. He and the First Lady have filed for Florida residency. The Declaration of Domicile filed by President Trump notes that the couple formerly resided at Trump Tower and that their permanent residency will now be Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. It lists the White House and his private club in New Jersey as other places of abode. The president tweeted that despite the fact he pays millions in taxes to New York each year, he's been treated very badly by the political leaders of both the city and state. Trump notes the White House is the place he has come to love and will stay for, quote, hopefully another five years as we make America great again. Unquote. Joel Malkin, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. In response, New York's Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo tweeted, He's all yours, Florida. <laughs> and don't let the door hit you on the way out, Don. I, yeah. <laughs> he hates him. <laughs> this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Months after the decomposed bodies of two women were found behind an Apopka area church, an arrest has been made. Pablo Tavares was taken into custody yesterday for the death of one of the victims, and deputies plan to charge him with the other killing soon. The bodies of 37-year-old Nicole Evans and 34-year-old Christina Upchurch were found in May near the New Vision Community Church off Orange Blossom Trail. Investigators say Tavares met the women through prostitution. The first day of November means it's the first day for open enrollment for health care. You have until December 15th to sign up. If you don't act by the 15th, you can't get medical coverage for 2020 unless you qualify for a special enrollment period. This is an opportunity for people that do not have insurance. If you are not covered, there are many, many plans that you can still choose from. South Florida Congresswoman Debbie Mukarsel Powell says the plans cover people with pre-existing conditions and may be more affordable than expected. A new wildfire is spreading rapidly in Southern California. The Ventura County Fire Department says the Maria Fire has now charred more than 7,000 acres since it broke out yesterday. Firefighters are working to protect homes, and about 7,500 people have been forced to evacuate. The World Series champions are back home and getting ready to celebrate with their fans. Dozens of Washington Nationals fans cheering as Ryan Zimmerman hoisted the commissioner's trophy as he emerged out of the team's plane Thursday as it landed at Dulles Airport, returning from Houston after that clutch Game 7 victory for the team's first World Series win in franchise history. The champs now get ready to celebrate with their faithful Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time as announced by D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. The victory parade making its way down Constitution Avenue, culminating in a rally at Pennsylvania Avenue and 3rd Street Northwest. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News time is 6.36. If you miss anything on Good Morning Orlando, all you need to do is check out our podcasts. You can find those on iHeartRadio. Now headlines for you from Central Florida. Two Polk County students facing charges for bringing BB guns to school. We're talking about a couple of 17-year-olds arrested this week at Ridgeo Community High School in Haines City. They're charged with felonies, including possessing a weapon on school grounds. The superintendent says... What the students did was unacceptable. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories. You can count on that right here in Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. 
Headlines in the Orlando Sentinel. Florida students post significant declines on national reading tests. We're talking about the National Assessment of Education Progress, or NAEP, okay? And um, we were doing really well two years ago. Now, though, reading scores for fourth and eighth graders are down and down significantly, all right? Let's look at this right now. The average scores fell by four points for fourth graders in reading here and three points down for eighth graders. They call that significant, fairly substantial. This is national test officials, their assessment. The percentage of Florida fourth graders scoring proficient or able to master challenging content fell from only 41% two years ago down to 38% this year, and the percentage for eighth graders went down from 35 to 34%. All of this effort, this pouring in, you know, toward teaching kids how to do math and how to read better than they have. And by the way, there are problems with the math scores too, but let's stay on the reading right now. You know, I've got to tell you, I am obviously not an educator. I'm not an expert on this, but I've had kids. I've been a kid. I have grandkids. And I notice with our grandkids, they're really smart kids. But aside from reading texts and emails on their smartphones, I hardly ever see them making a choice to just go pick up a book. Now listen, for most of human history, there wasn't any reading because there wasn't any writing. And our brains have been around a long time. And they are not hardwired to just be able to read. It takes a lot of work. It's an unnatural thing for the human brain that's been around for millions of years to actually do what's required to be able to absorb information from letters and words on a page, retain that information, and then call it up as knowledge. It's not natural. It takes a lot of work and repetition. And I think that is what is lacking. And I think no matter what they do in the schools, they are swimming upstream against this tide of kids wanting to get their information elsewhere by sitting back watching the TV, by watching something on the, on the iPad, by watching something staring down into their smartphones. And that's the reason why we're having trouble getting kids to really read well and comprehend well, which is, of course, all a part of it. Now, I'm not an expert, but do you think I'm on to something? And if you don't think I'm on to something, how do you explain the reading scores declining in Florida and around the country among our kids, fourth and eighth grade tested here? How do you explain it? And what's the key to turning this around? Because it is important. 407-916-5400. What do you think? Most of you are smarter than me, or at least you think you are, so you ought to have something to say about whether I'm on the money or off the rails again. 407-916-5400. What do you think? Our text line, 23680, first name in town. Welcome. We'll get our gang in on this in just a moment after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in a quick two minutes on the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. 
Interesting headline right now from the White House. President Trump's longtime personal pastor is apparently joining the administration. The New York Times reporting prosperity gospel televangelist Paula White is joining the White House Office of Public Liaison. White will be an advisor to the administration's Faith and Opportunity Initiative created last year to give religious groups more say on issues including religious liberty and poverty. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories are promised to you on Good Morning Orlando. Stay ahead of the storm with Operation Stormwatch on News Radio WFLA Orlando. Priority for our callers on why national test scores and Florida test scores for our fourth and eighth graders in reading are down. I've given you my analysis. Did anything I said uh, resonate with you, Alan? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you, Bud, on this. Um, I'm recalling back when I was a kid growing up. I was a voracious reader, and I learned how to read by reading. You just read, 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 and uh, you learn how to do it. You and train your brain, and it requires training, because I said, you know, from an evolution standpoint, it's not a natural thing. For most of human history, there was no reading. Not only that, by reading, you learn spelling and grammar, uh, which are two uh, skills I think are lacking these days in young people. Melissa? Run, spot, run. You know, I think, seriously. I remember that. Remember those? But Dick do they, and Jane. Do they do that now? Dick, Jane, and Spot? I don't even think those kind of books are out there. Again, I always take it back to the home, the parents. I don't think that they're teaching the reading or the encouragement of it or making it fun. And then they get in school, and it seems to be a lot of electronics, even at a young age. And I have to admit, again, recalling my youth, if I'd had these distractions, I'm not sure I would have had... Uh, the experience reading that I did. I remember having television as a distraction, but mm -hmm. I also remember that my parents shut the dog on TV off and said oh, yeah. it's time to read, and I did, and I liked it. Right, Kelly, uh, you're a lot closer to school age than we are. You're mm -hmm. in your 20s. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, as you guys are saying, I do believe that reading is a skill, and you need to work on that skill in order to be proficient. And that's not happening at home specifically because you think about all the information that's disseminated in our smartphones. So parents don't take the time, in my opinion, to actually get the reading going at home. So that affects what's going on in the schools. John's checking in on our text line from Winter Garden. He said he agrees with us 100 percent. He's got two grandkids. They read books out loud every night. The other two do not. And it's a big difference. Parents don't get the importance of reading. And somebody else texts in and says, Our children's brains are being rewired through their constant use of electronics. I see it in the classroom every single day. Sounds like a teacher now checking this, this in. Now, this is why I prefer the phone calls, because we can get into a dialogue that we can't do on the text line. But we're a little late to get callers in here. We had a couple who dropped off the line here. Automation, um... No, that's a different thing. Here's there. another one that says, uh, since we're doing merit-based teachers' pay, should their pay be docked for lower reading scores? And I, I don't know if the teachers are to blame here. As I said, I think they're swimming against the tide of what goes on in the home and what kids' preferences for how they get information. And it's, their reading is limited. A lot of them, I think, unless they're forced into reading, and that's no way to learn how to read well, uh, it, by, by texting and by, and by emails. And I'm sorry, that's not what it takes to become a great reader and really absorb massive amounts of information. And here's a texter echoing what I was saying about uh, reading being a key to learning spelling and grammar. Uh, this person says, in addition to reading going down, writing is becoming a lost art with the use of technology in school. A lot of places they're not even teaching cursive. 
you know, I'm, I'm seeing teenagers printing because they haven't been taught how to do cursive. Did they teach cursive when you were in school? You're in your 20s, uh, Kelly. Yes, going into high school, actually, they told us literally you have to know how to write cursive in order to be in high school, which wasn't the case, of course, but they were stressing the specifics. Like, you need to know how to write cursive. And now, as you said, it's a lost art. Another yeah. of our texture uh, echoes what I was just getting ready to say. Audio books are taking over. And someone else said, comic books, for all their problems, taught me words like invulnerable before I was in first grade. And zap, pow, wham. Well, some comic books were very well written. They really were. I read a lot of them as a kid, and I I think it helped as well. If you ever read an Ivanhoe um, comic book, I mean, they were elaborately uh, drawn and and really, really, really fancy in terms of the words. Classic comics. Yeah, they were just great. All right, anyway, that's important stuff. So is a $15 minimum wage for Florida. We're going to be voting on that. It now appears. I'll give you the latest reason why that is. But we want to know on a one-word texting poll, do you favor raising the minimum wage in Florida to $15 an hour? We'll open up the lines now. Text either yes or text no to 23680. Do you favor raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour here in Florida? Text yes or text no to 23680, and we'll be talking about it right after I turn things over again to my co-host, Alan Spector, to get us all up to date on the news as we hit the 7 o'clock hour. But the impeachment vote is cast and a close call for an unbeaten NFL team. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 7 o'clock. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando, and welcome to November. Here at 7 o'clock, time for an update on Central Florida's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a party line vote on impeachment. More in one minute. And what about a $15 minimum wage for Florida? You for it or against it? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. The U.S. House vote to move forward with the impeachment inquiry into President Trump includes all Florida Democrats and none of the state's Republicans, such as Ross Spano from West Central Florida. A yes vote on this resolution today gives a stamp of approval to a process that has been damaged beyond all repair in a blatant and obvious coup to unseat a sitting president of the United States. South Florida Democrat Donna Shalala said she knows about impeachments because she served in President Clinton's cabinet when he was impeached. I know how painful impeachment investigations can be. I also know that I'm not alone in saying that supporting this continuing inquiry is not a decision that any of us makes lightly. The next phase of the impeachment process will include televised hearings. Lots of impeachment news. We'll get back into it in our 8 o'clock hour including what appears to be the identity of the whistleblower. Coming up. Meantime, Bud, President Trump says he might read the rough transcript of his conversation with Ukraine's president on TV. Trump said he's thinking about reading the transcript of the July 25th phone conversation in the style of former President Franklin Roosevelt's fireside chats on the radio in the 1930s and 40s. Can't wait for this. The conversation, of course, is at the heart of the House impeachment inquiry. It is. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
In Orange County, mother and son are in the hospital after a car fire spread to their mobile home and destroyed it. It happened late last night in the 1800 block of East Orlando Road. Orange County Fire Rescue says a 911 caller indicated there were fireworks going off inside the vehicle. The flames quickly spread to the nearby mobile home. A mother, father, and a son escaped. The mother had minor injuries. The boy was seriously burned. Two people are dead after a small plane goes down on a busy highway in Ocala. That crash happened yesterday on State Road 200 just west of I-75. The Beechcraft Baron, apparently experiencing mechanical problems, clipped an SUV, then slammed into a pole and caught fire. The driver of the SUV was taken to a hospital. The identities of the two people on the plane who died have not been released. E-Verify is a priority for Governor Ron DeSantis. He wants lawmakers to require Florida businesses to use the federal system that checks the immigration status of new hires. That will end up saving taxpayers uh, money, and, and obviously um, it'll be a deterrent for people to come, come illegally. Under a bill that has been filed, employers would lose their licenses to do business if they don't use E-Verify. Yeah, we talked about this earlier in the week. The question is how hard will Governor DeSantis uh, fight for this in the face of some real serious Republican opposition? Jimmy Garoppolo passed for four touchdowns as the San Francisco 49ers stayed undefeated, holding off the pesky Arizona Cardinals 28-25 on Thursday night football in Glendale. Three of Jimmy G's touchdowns came in the first half. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan says Garoppolo stepped up. Um, we all know Jimmy can throw it and can get his numbers. He's, he's gotten it before. Uh, we haven't needed it this year, but he's done it before. Uh, I thought the most impressive thing was the amount of times we threw, how many plays he made, and that we had no turnovers with it. The Niners now 8-0. and The Cards fall to 3-5-1. and WFLA News time is 7.07. A SWAT team in superhero costumes repels into a hospital to surprise children. Watch the video online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m. News Radio WFLA Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the month of November. A little bit of cool air making its way in. Isn't Finally. that refreshing? <laughs> I'll tell you what, part of our family up in Tennessee, though, they the kids trick-or-treated at 40 degrees with rain uh, last night. So, you know, it, it was warm and sticky here, but, man, that was just miserable for trick-or-treat. And snow in Chicago? Oh, yeah, I saw pictures from friends up there. So we have nothing to complain about, and we are getting a little bit of a break here, and you can feel the cooler air moving in just within the last couple of hours. But heading around, Inspector Melissa Fox in for Yaffe and... Uh, Kelly Velez as well. He'll be screening your calls. Looks like we're going to have on the ballot in Florida in 2020, one year from now on Election Day, an opportunity to vote for or against a constitutional amendment that, if approved, would force the minimum wage progressively up to $15 an hour here in the state of Florida. It's like about $8.50 right now, I believe. And our one-word texting poll, Alan, is... Very simple, bud. Do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Long-form texters, welcome at 23680. First name in town, welcome. But I'd really like to have a conversation on the phone. Priority for our callers. If you will call, we will put you right on on this at 407-916-5400 and 407-916-5400. Now tell me, 
Are you in favor of a $15 an hour minimum wage in Florida or not? Yes or no, and why? Let's talk, and we will. Texting can mean money. We want to make your wallet great again, and in just moments, we will announce the keyword of the hour. You text that keyword to 200-200. You could be winning $1,000. You might get a call from area code 513. Uh, check it out, because that could be us telling you that you have won. Listen every hour all day long for the keyword and your chance to win $1,000 as we make your wallet great again. An update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando. It is 710. Updating local headlines for you right now, a juror who helped convict Markeith Lloyd recalls some resistance in reaching the verdict. Lloyd was convicted in Orlando two weeks ago of killing his pregnant ex-girlfriend and her unborn baby three years ago. One of the jurors is telling Channel 9 that two jurors initially thought Lloyd was not guilty and it took some convincing to get them to change their minds. Lloyd was sentenced to life in prison, but the juror says she supported the death penalty because Lloyd showed no remorse. Interesting. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, 107.7 HD3, AM 540, and the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Well healed local attorney John Morgan is the driving force behind a measure that looks like it's going to wind up on the ballot one year from now in the 2020 November election here, that if it is passed and it would take 60%, would become a constitutional amendment mandating a sliding scale of an increase in the, the minimum wage in Florida all the way up to $15 an hour by the year 2026. Just for perspective now, the current minimum wage in Florida is $8.46 an hour. This would go to $10 if this is passed in September of 2021, with a $1 an hour increase every year until it goes to $15 an hour in 2026. Afterwards, uh, the minimum wage is indexed to inflation. So if it gets really inflation rekindles here, and it's been low for a long time, uh, the, the minimum wage could go way, way up. All right, this is the fight for 15 effort here um, that Morgan is driving, and they have gotten enough signatures to get this thing on the ballot. I think it will probably get green-lighted uh, if they can arrive at, um, at at a language that's agreeable to the Florida Supreme Court, and we will be voting on this. I'm opposed to it, and I'll tell you why. It's not that I don't want people who are at the bottom of the scale to be making more money, but I've got to tell you, I am a free market guy all the way, and I want to see businesses have the freedom to say, you know what, we want to attract better people. We're putting out the word that we're paying more money. All right? And, and that's the way it should work. I don't want the government, the heavy hand of government, mandating this because this will kill some businesses, small businesses in particular. They're really worried about this being a nightmare in the hospitality industry as well. Governor DeSantis spoke out against the $15 an hour minimum wage, and I don't want a government mandate on something like this. This is where I am. If you want to weigh in on our one-word texting poll, Melissa, it is... Do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Again, text yes or no to 23680. Let's get on out to Apopka and bring Patrick in. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. What about it? The $15 an hour minimum wage in Florida, Patrick? Uh, absolutely not, bud. It, that's, that, it's crazy. If you look into a crystal ball and you can look into the future, 
what you're going to see is people who receive public assistance are not going to qualify anymore because they make too much money for that line. And when the cost of living goes up because wages go up, they're not going to be able to afford even the things that they are able to afford now. Plus, you're going to have people who make $18, $19, $20 an hour are going to be worse off because the cost of living is going to to raise. And then what will happen is the Democrats will blame the evil corporations because they're raising their prices. There you go. Interesting. Well-thought-out call. Thank you for it, Patrick. Now in Orlando, Stacy weighs in. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando, Stacy. Good morning, bud. What do you think? I think that I agree with the gentleman. It should not pass. Uh, what about the pay- people who go to college and have educations and they're earning close to a little above $15 an hour? Where's the motivation to actually go to college? That's an interesting perspective. So you would be a no vote. I would be a no. All right. Unless they're going to raise everyone else's wages as well. Well, no, they're not. It's a minimum wage. It (laughs) doesn't have an effect on anybody else. And by the way, it takes 60% now to get a constitutional amendment passed. But we've seen a couple of them. Medical marijuana is a good example here, restoring felons' voting rights. So a 60% threshold um, is, is achievable here. Any support for a $15 an hour minimum wage? We'll go back to the phones. We'll check the text line. We invite you to vote in our one-word texting poll. Kelly, would you like to pose that question for our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Once again, that's text yes or text no to 23680. Headlines right now on the impeachment front, and we'll be talking more about this in the 8 o'clock hour as we did at 6. House Republicans lashing out now at a Democratic resolution that moves forward with the Trump impeachment process. Speaking at the Capitol yesterday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who gave a great speech, and I'll play excerpts in the next hour, called the entire process a sham. Minority Whip Steve Scalise blasting it as Soviet-style. House Oversight Committee ranking member Jim Jordan and the Demo- said the Democrats are trying to impeach the president based on a biased whistleblower complaint. Looks like we've ID'd the whistleblower. We'll get back into that at 8 o'clock. You'll want to be here. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So you got your job at the fast food joint, and all of a sudden we go to $15 an hour on the minimum wage, and you're all excited. What are you going to do with all of that money? It's going to be great. You're now flush with cash. The pressure is off, and suddenly you're out on the street. You've been laid off because they can't afford to pay you $15 an hour and everybody else as well, and your pay goes from $15 an hour to absolutely zero. And we've seen that happen, particularly in the restaurant business, Seattle um, is, is a great, great example of that. If you force, Alan, businesses to pay instead of letting the free market determine this, there are too many of them who are just going to say, I can't afford that. We're going to downsize the workforce and people wind up on the street. You know, but at first blush, I was uh, all for this uh, $15 minimum wage because I figured it'd mean raises for all of us here on Good Morning Orlando. <laughs> but... Uh, Nope. But seriously, <laughs> I kid nope. the people we work for, um, and I hope they understand it's, that. It's a joke. It's a uh, joke. That was I a, don't know. If you're not here on Monday, day. we'll know that they didn't. I was kidding. <laughs> no. uh, but I see the problems you do, bud, with uh, with this and the possibility that people might not get work 
if uh, $15 is set as the minimum wage. There you go. All right, listen, let's um <laughs> let's bring in Richard from Claremont. What about it? 15 bucks an hour or not? Well, first of all, um, this is coming from John Morgan, uh, a man that I don't like, I don't trust him. I think he's a, one of these millionaire lawyers, and he's not the hero. Supposing somebody did. else pitched it, and you didn't have any well, feeling about him, um, what about it? I, I, I would be against the plan the way it is because it's not enough, and it takes too long to take effect. Wow, you want it to be higher. What happens when the employers can't do it and they start laying people off? Well, this is the way I think about it. Um, these employers today are not, out of the kindness of their heart, just giving people jobs. They hire who they need and no one else, and they work these people to death. What I say to you is um, they, they, they have, they're working it on a skeleton crew right now, okay? Um, they can't lay anybody off, or they're going to have to close their whole business, and they can pay. All right, so you want to, you know, you want to hit them. What's going on in the tax line? Uh, someone just said, Bud, we set our own minimum wage by setting our own maximum effort. Yeah, and that would be nice if it was paid that way. Uh, there's a campaign. It needs to be a campaign against $15 minimum wage so we can advise seniors of the inflation that results in the raising of the minimum wage. This would uh, alone squash it. Steve listening in Palm Bay. All right, Kelly, in a moment, I want you to give us the voting on the one-word texting poll, but I got 20 seconds for you, Nancy, just before the news. Good morning, Nancy from Apopka. What about it? I'm against it because I'm one of those older people who are struggling to make ends meet with Social Security and the little bit that we've been able to put aside. It will not help us at all. It will just raise all our costs. Okay, prices will go up. Nance, thank you. What about the vote count on the one-word texting poll? Pose the question, Kelly, and give us the numbers. Yes, do you uh, favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Once again, text yes or no. Or uh, to 23680. And at the moment, we're running away with the no's. We're at 106 no's and seven yeses. Doing pretty good. You got an opportunity to vote, Alan. And, Bud, I, I just wanted to say, as far as my earlier comment about uh, raising the minimum wage would mean higher salaries for us. Mm-hmm. What's the matter with you people? I was joking. <laughs> Don't you know a joke when you hear one? <laughs> <laughs> I hope the boss is you laughing. Get- Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I see you, Willie, and I raise you a Wonka. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man, oh, man. (laughs) What about the news, Alan? Well, in the news, uh, we've (laughs) we've got, believe it or not, another wildfire in California breaking out. And uh, we've got those that story. We've got elsewhere. We've got traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 730. Alan, for most of the week, we've been trying to keep people up to date on those nightmarish wildfires out in California. What is the latest? Well, it seems like there's a new one every day, and we have a new one, a new and rapidly spreading wildfire erupting in California near Santa Paula. That's northwest of Los Angeles. Ventura County Fire Department Assistant Fire Chief John McNeil says the so-called Maria fire that broke out yesterday could eventually burn itself out. Based on the location, it's eventually going to run out of fuel. And what I mean by fuel, it's a combustible growth, uh, the, uh, the brush, the grasses. We're looking at maybe 12,000 acres at the biggest footprint on this. Officials reported late yesterday the fire had burned over 8,000 acres. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
Two Polk County students are facing charges for bringing BB guns to school. 17-year-old Benjamin Chibani and Alexander Rivera were arrested this week at Ridgel Community High School in Haines City. They're charged with felonies, including possessing a weapon on school grounds. The superintendent said yesterday what the students did was uh, unacceptable. A controversial Central Florida prosecutor stands by her most controversial decision. Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala announced two years ago she would not pursue the death penalty, which led to a fight with the governor that she lost in the state Supreme Court. Ayala tells the Orlando Sentinel she has no regrets about that decision because she never wanted to be a vehicle of injustice and death. My problem with her is she blindsided everybody once she got into office and said, I will not pursue any death penalty cases, something we needed to know during the campaign, and that was kept from us. Today not only marks the start of a new month, it also opens open enrollment for health care. Start scrolling through all your medical options. You have from today until December 15th to sign up for health care or you will go without it in 2020 unless you qualify for a special enrollment period. South Florida Congresswoman Debbie Mooker South Powell says your plan may not be perfect, but at least you'll be covered even if you have a pre-existing condition. It is the best alternative for many families that right now are uncovered. And it may be more affordable than you think. Last year, 8 in 10 people qualified for financial help, and most of them found marketplace plans with premiums for less than $100 a month. Wendy Grossman, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. President Trump knows where he wants to spend his post White House years in Florida. He filed papers over a month ago in Palm Beach County to have Mar a Lago declared as his primary residence. Trump tweeted that he made the decision in part because of how badly he's treated in his native New York. Yeah, and they're happy to see him go, apparently. What did the governor say up there? Uh, Andrew Cuomo, the uh, Democratic governor of New York, tweeted, (laughs) he's all yours, Florida. (laughs) The Magic are back on the hardwood tonight, battling the Milwaukee Bucks at the Amway Center. Orlando will then host Denver tomorrow to wrap up its three-game homestand. The Magic opened the stand with a 95-83 win over the Knicks on Wednesday. They improved to 2-2. The Bucks are also 2-2. Elsewhere. Journey just won't stop. The iconic band Journey, minus the guy you just heard singing lead, plans to go on a big tour in 2020 and they'll be stopping in Florida. They've announced a 60-date tour in North America with opening act The Pretenders. Journey spent most of 2019 taking time off to work on other projects. The tour will begin in May of 2020 in Ridgefield, Washington, and include stops in Tampa on August 21st, West Palm Beach on August 22nd, and Jacksonville on August 24th. You're our music guru, Alan. You a fan of Journey? I am. I, I saw them on their last tour where they were paired with uh, one of my really favorite bands, Def Leppard. Mm -hmm. Uh, They played Tampa. It was a great show by both bands. Chick-fil-A would love nothing more than for you to come in and celebrate National Sandwich Day, November 3rd. But there's a problem with that. The the chicken chain sent out an email to its loyalty program members this week promoting the idea, apparently not uh, not realizing that November 3rd is a Sunday. The day that every one of its restaurants are famously closed. What are they going to do? Well, Chick-fil-A soon sent out another email with the subject, well, this is awkward. (laughs) And this is, you know, this Sunday is also the day Popeye's bringing back its uh, chicken sandwich. Yeah, as you told us earlier this week. And Mm -hmm. the time chains. 
And that the time too. change, yeah. Fall back and have a chicken sandwich. <laughs> a restaurant in Bangkok, Thailand is offering a prize of $330 to anyone who can eat a burger in nine minutes or less. The catch? The burger patty weighs 13 pounds. <laughs> and it's covered in onion rings, bacon, and mayonnaise. It's a 10,000-calorie meal. The owner of Chris Steaks and Burgers said he came up with the idea after three of his customers were able to finish it in that time. Since then, it's become a trend on YouTube for people to film themselves trying to eat the meal. If you're interested, you should know the giant burger is not cheap. It'll set you back more than 80 bucks. Unbelievable. Somebody will take a whack at I'll it and probably get challenge. it done. Yep. <laughs> the old 10,000-calorie, 13-pound hamburger. I got this. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Find the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Alan, while you were doing the news, Anna popped on the line out of Winter Springs with a story to tell about whether we should raise the minimum wage in Florida to $15 an hour. Anna, first of all, welcome aboard. Second of all, are you for or against raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks? I'm against it. Okay, and what's the story? The story is me and my honey are on a diet, and we cheat every Sunday. We go get either a shake from Wawa or normally it's a shake from Wawa. This particular Sunday, we went to Wawa, and they couldn't make a shake. So we decided to go to the Dairy Queen. I got a regular cone dipped in chocolate. My honey decided he wanted a banana split with a scoop of chocolate, which confused the girl because she wanted to know what kind of, um, what topping he wanted on the scoop of chocolate. So then he asked for an additional banana split, a banana. Yeah. So they said, okay, we pull up, we park because we wanted to eat it in the car. Yeah. When he opened the bag to get the banana split out, there was a banana split in the cup, and then there was an additional banana, a full banana. Okay. You get it? They no. didn't cut the banana and add it to the banana split. They gave him a banana. Oh, yeah. And the point <laughs> is, ultimately, as it relates to minimum wage employees. If you can't do the job, why would you get rewarded for it? Wow. At the time, most, actually, most of the time that I go to a fast food place. Yeah. They never get the order correct. Okay, That's I got it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was a long trip to get there. I liked there. it. I liked it. Well, I was <laughs> waiting here about pineapple topping and nuts, a, though. I like the story, Anna, and I forgive you for calling in while I was doing elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anna. All right, hey, listen to this. This is interesting, and I think there's something to this. You know, John Morgan's all about the Democrats. He says he's not a Democrat anymore. He wants to get Democrats elected. There's no doubt about it. And, 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 and as one of the textures points out, this is just another one of these pieces of legislation that he is backing with his millions to get, you know, to get Democrats to the polls here. That he doesn't care. He's just a Democrat. Uh, and, and he's running numbers to try to force voting from the Democrat side, figuring there might be more minimum wage employees among Democrats. And this would be a magnet to get them to the polls in 2020. And so it would be, you know, to vote for everything else. Democrats in particular, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, if I could if I could administer truth serum to my old friend John right here and I've debated him a couple of times, get the truth out of him. That would be part of it. I am absolutely convinced I know him well enough in a moment. The sound judgment game. You're eligible to play and win if you haven't won in 30 days. 
We are playing the game, and Alan is laughing at the Bud Man. I'm, st- I'm just thinking about Anna at the Dairy Queen. That's all. What, <laughs> Wait, you want chocolate ice cream with that banana split? And there was a whole banana. It was crazy. I'm telling you what. That was a long, winding path, wasn't I loved it? it? You're eligible if you haven't won in 30 days. We're going to send you to the Glenn Miller Orchestra, one-night stand at the Performing Arts Center downtown. What a great prize, and give it away. If it's not for you, somebody will love you for it. 407-916-5400. Get on the line right now, and Anna, you're eligible too, because I don't think you've been our winner on our game, but you'll be a memorable part of this show. Um, We have the toll-free at 866-916-5400. Sound judgment after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now, months after the decomposed bodies of two women were found behind an Apopka area church, an arrest has been made. Pablo Tavares was taken into custody yesterday for the death of one of the victims, and deputies plan to charge him with the other killing soon. The bodies of 37-year-old Nicole Evans and 34-year-old Christina Upchurch were found in May near the New Vision Community Church off of Orange Blossom Trail. Investigators say Tavares met the woman through prostitution. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. News Radio WFLA Orlando. And still on AM 540. Time for the Sound Judgment Game. Oh, that Glenn Miller Orchestra prize is terrific. Tell us about it, Kelly. As we have a pair of tickets to see the legendary Glenn Miller Orchestra from New York performing one day only in Orlando. The greatest big band of all time will perform its greatest hits at the Walt Disney Theater Sunday, January 12th at 3 p.m. Tickets on sale now at drphilipcenter.org. Every line we have is jammed. If you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer that opens a line, but you got to be quick and grab it at 407-916-5400. We have a musical sound judgment question for you on this first day of November. Now, I don't really know how many songs have November in their lyrics, but here's one I really like. I want you to listen to some sound of this very popular song about a famous shipwreck, then use your sound judgment to name the song and the singer. The legend lives on from the Chippewa down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Superior, they said, never gets up for dead when the gales of November come early. Any idea the name of that song that mentions November repeatedly and who sang it? Let's go to the toll-free line to start this morning. Toll-free, you're up. Is that the uh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Gordon Lightfoot? You did it. Wow. Nice going. Dates back to the mid-70s. The shipwreck was in early November in 1975 on the Great Lakes. Congratulations. You're going to be there for the Glenn Miller Orchestra in the Phillips, Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. I hope you're excited about that. It's a great prize. All right. Thank you. Yes. Who are you taking with you? I'll be taking my wife with me for sure. That was the right answer. <laughs> What's your first name, buddy? <laughs> David from Orlando. David, thank you for listening to Good Morning Orlando. We really appreciate you being a part of our show. Thank you. All right. I'll put you on hold, and you and Kelly will work things out. 
There's no other song like that. It's remarkable how repetitive it is, but how compelling it is. I've always been a fan of Gordon Lightfoot, Canada's own Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. And uh, one of his songs is one of my all-time favorites, If You Could Read My Mind. Yeah, that's what you were saying, Melissa, Yeah, it was too. in here. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah, awesome. Nobody ever sounded quite like him Very distinctive. Either. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, W226BT Orlando, and W231CT Orlando. News Radio WFLA Orlando, an iHeart radio station. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on a fabulous Friday morning at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we bring you our very latest on Central Florida news, weather, and traffic on News Radio WFLA Orlando, now on FM 94.1, FM 93.1, and of course, still on AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour the impeachment vote is cast. More in one minute. We'll talk about that. And who is that whistleblower? Stay tuned on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio WFLA Orlando. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says yesterday's vote on the impeachment inquiry into President Trump is a sad thing for this country. It's very sad. We don't want to impeach a president. We don't want the reality that a president has done something that is in violation of the Constitution. Pelosi speaking on CBS's Late Show with Stephen Colbert after the House voted along party lines to formalize public procedures for the inquiry moving forward. At issue is Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine. Reaction on Fox News from White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham. In a court of law, you're innocent until proven guilty. Here, we're clearly guilty and have to prove our innocence, which won't be a problem because we already released a transcript showing the president did absolutely nothing wrong. Meanwhile, the impeachment vote prompted a GOP prank on Capitol Hill. Republicans pounced on this opportunity with the National Republican Congressional Committee dropping empty boxes off in front of the offices of Democrats from swing districts. The Capitol Police came to investigate reports of suspicious packages, and the NRCC tweeted, we know Democrats love investigations, but why are they kicking a gift horse in the mouth? These boxes will be useful next November. For moving, get it? That's Fox's Leland Vittert reporting. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two people are dead after their small plane crashed in Ocala. Investigators say the Beechcraft Baron had some sort of mechanical problem before it went down yesterday. Here's the last transmission from the pilot. The plane landed on State Road 200, just west of I-75, clipping the top of an SUV before hitting a pole and bursting into flames. The SUV driver was taken to a hospital for treatment. The identities of the two fatalities are not yet being released. A juror who helped convict Markeith Lloyd recalls some resistance in reaching the verdict. Lloyd was convicted in Orlando two weeks ago of killing his pregnant ex-girlfriend and her unborn baby. One of the jurors tells Channel 9 that two jurors initially thought Lloyd was not guilty, and it took some convincing to get them to change their minds. Lloyd was sentenced to life in prison, but the juror says she supported the death penalty because Lloyd showed no remorse. The San Francisco 49ers survive a scare to keep their winning streak alive. Jimmy G keeps a zero in the loss column for the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo, Pettis, touchdown. 
Joe Buck on Fox. Jimmy Garoppolo finds Dante Pettis for his fourth touchdown pass of the game, going with 317 yards in the air as the Niners top the Arizona Cardinals 28-25. San Francisco now 8-0 on the season for only the second time in franchise history as they remain one of only two undefeated teams left in the NFL. And that win for the 49ers, snapping an eight-game losing streak against the Cardinals. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News time is 8.06. The FDA warns that eating too much black licorice can be bad for your heart. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Keep that in mind as you're digging through the Halloween candy. Yes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. We have a one-word texting poll going on a hot topic from our 7 o'clock hour. And, Melissa, the question is... Do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Again, do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or no to 23680. Kelly? Yes, right now we're looking at eight yeses and for the no column... 123. Oh, it's another one of these cliffhangers. We're going to be here all morning. Mm-hmm. Too close to call. <laughs> 8 to 123. It could go either way. Okay, yeah. We get it. The people have spoken from the smartest audience in talk radio on the impeachment front in a moment. And the answer to the question everybody has been asking, who's the whistleblower? Looks like we've nailed it. Stay tuned on that score. Right now, a chance for you to win some money. We want to make your wallet great again with our texting contest. We're about to announce the keyword of the hour. Listen up and text that keyword to 200-200, and you could win $1,000. Remember, you might get a call from area code 513, and that could be us telling you that you are the winner. Listen every hour all day long for the keyword, and your chance to win a grand as we make your wallet great again. 8.08 on Good Morning Orlando. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. Now on FM 94.1. Still on FM 93.1. 107.7 HD3. AM 540. And the iHeart Radio app. This is News Radio WFLA Orlando. Can't wait to get your reaction to this piece of impeachment related news. According to RealClearPolitics.com and their Real Clear Investigative Unit. The whistleblower is Eric Charamella, a Yale graduate working in the CIA who until 2017 was working in the Trump White House with the National Security Council, that he is a holdover from the Obama administration. But there is more. You talk about a political bias, and remember initially it was said of the anonymous whistleblower that really triggered this impeachment proceeding that the Democrats were salivating to do, and this was their bogus reason for doing it, that he had second and third hand information and that he had a political bias. Well, now we know this about one 33-year-old Eric Charamella. He's a registered Democrat, held over from the Obama White House, previously worked, are you ready, drum roll please, for former Vice President Joe Biden. Hmm, the Ukraine, the Biden boys, interesting. And he worked for former CIA Director John Brennan, 
who has been trying to get Trump thrown out of office since before he even was the president of the United States. It's Brennan who helped initiate that Russian collusion hoax. And, 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 and he's a Trump hater of the first magnitude. Let me give you more on the investigation and what it has found of Charamella. He left the National Security Council in the White House West Wing in mid-2017 amid concerns about negative leaks to the media. He has since returned to the CIA headquarters where he works out of Langley, Virginia. Uh, according to one former National Security Council official, Charamella was accused of working against Trump and leaking against Trump. Why do they let these Obama holdovers infiltrate and infect that White House? I have no idea. They should get rid of every single last one of them. I've been saying that for a couple of years now. Apparently, it hasn't happened. At any rate, uh, it has been reported that Chiamella huddled for guidance with the staff of House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. Of course, Schiff knew nothing of the identity of the whistleblower. Right, yeah, give me a break. And Chiamella also worked with a Democratic National Committee operative who dug dirt on the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. Um... According to Fred Flights, who was a former CIA analyst and national security advisor to Trump, um, everybody in Washington, in the media, and in the know politically already knows who Charamella is, but they're being silent on it here because they are invested in using this whistleblower information to ultimately oust Trump from the White House through impeachment and conviction in the Senate, which is not going to happen. But anyway, that is the story, as is reported by Real Clear Investigations and confirmed by Heavy.com. And am I correct on this, Melissa, because you gave me the information from the website Heavy.com that's pretty good on this stuff, that Rand Paul has tweeted the yeah, name yes. Eric Cheramella. Yeah, he tweeted it out yesterday afternoon, right after everything was coming through. Yeah, mm -hmm. apparently his name's come up in a lot of these behind-closed-door uh, sessions that Schiff is running in the impeachment process here. And, uh, and But it has not been outed because he won't let anybody talk about it. But this appears to be the name, and maybe you heard it here first this morning. I promise you, you're about to hear a whole lot more of it because the doors are going to get blown off this thing. I think this is an absolute disaster for the impeachment effort being driven by the Democrats. More on what's going on there in a moment. But your reaction to what we have shared with you on Eric Charamella, who appears to be that anonymous, not so much anymore, whistleblower. Thoughts? 407-916-5400. I find this fascinating with his reported connections to Biden, to Brennan, to the Democrat Party, and efforts to oust Trump since the beginning. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Headlines on the impeachment front, because that's what we're talking about with you right now. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Thursday's vote on the impeachment inquiry into President Trump is a sad thing for this country. Um, she was on with Stephen Colbert late last night. Pelosi says that lawmakers don't necessarily want to impeach the president, but they also don't want to accept the reality that a president has violated the Constitution. Sorry, Nancy's so upset. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here. Good morning, Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. 
Oh, Adam Schiff is upset, too. We'll hear from him in just a moment, along with the president. But how about we go to the phones on uh, the apparent identity of the whistleblower, Eric Charamella. Let's talk to Mike, who's checking in from St. Cloud. Mike, it's Alan, along with the Budman, Melissa and, and Kelly this Good morning. morning. How are you? Yes, I'm doing well. I just called to comment on Eric the Rat. Hey, I just want to advise y'all that this is only one of a dozen other secreted individuals from the Obama administration. When President Trump won that wonderful evening when the, the Electoral College came in and said, Trump over Hillary, the plot unfolded. And now normally on a change of command, they always secrete their, their loyal employees into the next administration. But this is much more devious. Instead of just planting them so they can keep their jobs, keep their pensions, support their families, these were spies. And this guy, Eric, is only one of at least a dozen. We saw how President O declassified into 17 different agencies all the secrets of the country when it used to be under only three agencies. And, and this, is, this is just like a time bomb that's been planted. And this guy decided to go off now. And it, he's hurting himself. He's been revealed. But there's dozens more like him just waiting, waiting, watching. And, and this is the plan that was put into effect. Destroy Trump by a thousand cuts. And that's my opinion. Thank you for that. Appreciate it, Mike. Let's listen to the president talking on the phone yesterday with Britain's pro-Brexit radio host Nigel Farage on this impeachment effort. The Democrats are desperate. They're desperate. Uh, they have nothing. They've got nothing going. We call them, we really call them the do-nothing Democrats. And we're, it's really sticking because they're doing nothing. And it's the only way they're going to try and win the election this way because they can't win it the fair way. I think that's exactly what's behind all of this. Thank you, Mr. President. House Intel Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, preeminent uh, among the Trump haters. Does anybody believe that he really means a word of this? This is a solemn day in the history of our country when the misconduct has compelled us to continue to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. We take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry. But neither do we shrink from it. Oh, very solemn. Yes, no joy. We're borderline weepy here up on Capitol Hill on the Democrat side. Texters weighing in on all things related to impeachment, the whistleblower. What do you got? Well, one says fully agree about Obama's holdovers. However, they have links to the bad guys who have FISA taps on them like um, Obama, like Pelosi. That's how we got Baghdadi in Syria because of those guys. Hmm. Another one says you make mistakes when you are overconfident. That's what the Dems are doing and have done. And further we got, says Pelosi and Schiff say no one is above the law. Well, unless you're a Democrat politician, that is. Okay, there'll be a whole lot more coming down the pike on the impeachment front. We're doing the best we can to keep you up to date on it all. In the meantime, updating us on everything else going on and maybe impeachment as well. Back to my co-host, Alan. Donald Trump makes his retirement plans and the world champs return to the nation's capital. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 829. We got some Trump news, don't we, Alan? Has really nothing to do with impeachment. Yeah, President Trump making it known where he wants to spend his post-White House years. 
He and the First Lady have filed for Florida residency. The declaration of domicile filed by President Trump notes that the couple formerly resided at Trump Tower and that their permanent residency will now be Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. It lists the White House and his private club in New Jersey as other places of abode. The president tweeted that despite the fact he pays millions in taxes to New York each year, he's been treated very badly by the political leaders of both the city and state. Trump notes the White House is the place he has come to love and will stay for, quote, hopefully another five years as we make America great again, unquote. Joel Malkin, News Radio WFLA, Orlando. And in response, New York's Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo tweeted, He's all yours, Florida. <laughs> this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Months after the decomposed bodies of two women were found behind an Apopka-area church, an arrest has been made. Pablo Taveras was taken into custody yesterday for the death of one of the victims, and deputies plan to charge him with the other killing soon. The bodies of 37-year-old Nicole Evans and 34-year-old Christina Upchurch were found in May near the New Vision Community Church off Orange Blossom Trail. The first day of November means it's the first day for open enrollment for health care. You have until December 15th to sign up. If you don't act by then, you can't get medical coverage for 2020 unless you qualify for a special enrollment period. This is an opportunity for people that do not have insurance. If you are not covered, there are many, many plans that you can still choose from. South Florida Congresswoman Debbie Mukarsel-Powell says the plans cover people with pre-existing conditions and may be more affordable than expected. A new wildfire is spreading rapidly in Southern California. The fast-moving Maria Fire now covers more than 8,000 acres and none of it's contained. It's destroyed two homes and is threatening oil fields in Ventura County, northwest of Los Angeles. And the World Series champions are back home, getting ready to celebrate with their fans. Dozens of Washington Nationals fans cheering as Ryan Zimmerman hoisted the commissioner's trophy as he emerged out of the team's plane Thursday as it landed at Dulles Airport, returning from Houston after that clutch Game 7 victory for the team's first World Series win in franchise history. The champs now get ready to celebrate with their faithful Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time as announced by D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. The victory parade making its way down Constitution Avenue, culminating in a rally at Pennsylvania Avenue and 3rd Street Northwest. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. And elsewhere... I guess they didn't mean that kind of Sunday. McDonald's is apologizing for an ice cream ad deemed as insensitive. They used the tagline, Sunday Bloody Sunday, as an ice cream sundae to celebrate Halloween in Portugal. The campaign was not a reference to Northern Ireland's Bloody Sunday tragedy of 1972, which inspired the U2 song we were just listening to. Even so, a spokesperson says they didn't mean to upset or insult anyone. McDonald's has since taken the ad down. Man, it's unbelievable. Everybody's offended by something, and people just cave into it. Anybody's offended, and everybody else caves in. The good news is it gives me something to talk about. Yes, it does, and, and, and that's a good thing. A California middle school is apologizing after putting the wrong phone number on its students' ID cards. The Lancaster School District north of Los Angeles said this week that the New Vista Middle School intended to print a suicide prevention hotline number on its student identification cards, but mixed up two numbers and accidentally printed a sex hotline number. <sighs> 
The district has apologized and said all student IDs will be collected and new cards will be distributed. <laughs> of all the bogus numbers they would have come up with. We still have sex lines? <laughs> Gee whiz. Finally. I don't know. The Washington witches are asking President Trump to stop tweeting about witch hunts in the ongoing impeachment process. Some 50 self-identified D.C. area witches, known as the Firefly House, say witches are getting a bad rap these days. <laughs> they say victims of witch hunts were typically the most vulnerable members of society and not its most powerful. Something wicked this way comes. I mean, witches are being terrorized and are on the run everywhere because of Trump and the witch hunts. That's right. I wow. cite Salem. Yeah. Okay. He's lost the witch vote. Got to keep the witches happy. Find these stories on the Good Morning Orlando <laughs> page at WFLAOrlando.com and find the Elsewhere podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. You want to hear a great speech? I got one coming up from a guy I didn't think had a minute. And stay tuned. It's on the impeachment front yesterday from the floor of the House, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. I thought this was spot on and powerful. More coming up after we update Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on the... Here's that good news, bad news headline just in right now. The October jobs report. Got to be bad news for those Democrats because it's so good for the American worker. 75,000 new jobs were expected. We've added 128,000 jobs in October. And the unemployment rate that was at 3.5 has gone up to 3.6, but still historically low. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories, and we do it all morning for you on Good Morning Orlando. Now on FM 94.1, still on FM 93.1, News Radio WFLA Orlando, and still on AM 540. You were with us earlier. We were on the hot topic of this $15 an hour minimum wage for Florida. Looks like we're going to be voting on it as a constitutional amendment in 2020. They have enough signatures to get it on the ballot. So the question is, the one-word texting poll, Melissa, pose that for us, if you will. Okay. Sorry, you're having breakfast in there. <laughs> I got a pretzel in my mouth. Uh-oh. Do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Again, text yes or text no to 23680. You want to give us a vote count on this, Kelly? Yes. So for yes, we actually made it to 10. We're in the double digits now. For nowhere to clean 150 votes. And if you want to vote right now, time's running out. 407-916-5400 would not be the number because it's a texting thing, okay? Yeah, between yeah. 360 yeah, text, yeah, it's. I know what it is. Do you favor to... <laughs> she's put it in my ear like, what did <laughs> I just like show up here this morning? Oh, <laughs> look, Bud's here. Do you favor raising Florida's minimum wage of $15 an hour? Text yes or text no to 23680. Um, you know, I've been a public speaker. I've, I've, I've worked hard on it. There are some better. There are a lot worse. But I have a real ear for what I think is a great speech. And I thought there was a terrific speech by a guy who, while I like him politically, and I think he's a good guy, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has never been on my short list of great political speakers on Capitol Hill. When the impeachment um, procedure was voted on yesterday, you know, how they're going to structure this thing moving forward to try to throw the president out ultimately, which is not going to happen. 
Um, I just thought he did a great job. And here are a few cuts that I prepared for you with Melissa's help. This is Kevin McCarthy on what this impeachment strategy is really all about. Democrats are trying to impeach the president because they are scared they cannot defeat him at the ballot box. That's not my words. That's the words of my colleagues from the other side of the aisle that has offered impeachment three different times. This impeachment is not only an attempt to undo the last election, it is an attempt to influence the next one as well. And here's McCarthy now with Speaker Pelosi, now so gung-ho for impeachment. He reminds her and everyone else of what Pelosi herself said only months ago. Impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, the word of bipartisan, I do not think we should go down that path because it divides the country. Wow. How about that? But she saw a chance she thought she had to get the president and she could not resist. Here's McCarthy drawing on the Federalist Papers from the dawn of our republic. The writings of founding father Alexander Hamilton, who feared an impeachment scheme just like what we are seeing today. Alexander Hamilton wrote, there will always be the greatest danger that the decision to use the impeachment power would be driven by partisan animosity. Instead of real demonstrations of innocent or guilt, this sham impeachment by Democrats have proven Hamilton right. Amen to that. And finally, Republican House Minority Leader McCarthy closing his speech with a warning to those House Democrats. I believe everyone who runs for this office runs to solve a problem. But when you go back to the American public with the achievement of more subpoenas than laws, that is not why you ran. That is not why we are here. I'm telling you, the Democrats are going to bite the dust on this big time. There were two who broke with Pelosi and the Democrats. All the Republicans stayed strong um, for the president here. Every single one of them in the House. They didn't peel away a single vote. And they may not peel away a single vote if this thing goes to trial in the United States Senate. Meanwhile, things in Congress are paralyzed. Nothing is getting done. You know, the USMCA trade deal, whatever infrastructure might be needed, Whatever it happens to be, all of this is dead in the water for this bogus impeachment effort. And now that we have the name of the whistleblower, it appears, this Eric Charamella and how anti-Trump he was and how he was in with Biden and in with Brennan and the rest of the gang here, this thing is blowing up in the Democrats' face. You watch it happen with ramifications at the polls in 2020. Oh, Medicare for all, Elizabeth Warren, she's polling at the top or near the top for the Democrats. How much is all of this going to cost? She's finally fessed up. Wait until you hear the number. She is going down in flames on this. Stay tuned. It's next, right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Final look at local headlines for you right now. A controversial prosecutor stands by her most controversial decision. Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala announced two years ago she would not pursue the death penalty in cases that came before her, which led to a fight with the governor that she lost in the state Supreme Court. 
Ayala now is telling the Orlando Sentinel she has no regrets about that decision because she never wanted to be a vehicle of injustice and death. She announced five months ago she will not seek re-election next year, but she says she will continue to push for reform until her term expires in 2021. Stay tuned for updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories all morning right here on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio WFLA Orlando, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. Yaffe's away wrapping up vacation. He'll be back next week. And Kelly's been doing a good job screening for us. A great job, in fact, as Melissa takes Yaffe's chair as executive producer. And Alan, of course, has been on the air and Yaffe's afternoon show with PM Orlando all week from 5 until 6. I'll, I'll turn it over to him for a preview here in just a moment. But Fox News has an exclusive they are running this morning. They have obtained a copy, they say, of Elizabeth Warren's long-awaited Medicare for All funding plan. This is from the Warren campaign. It is reported this morning, not from some other source. The question has been, how much is all of this going to cost in yeah. order to cover everybody, you know, under the provisions of Medicare? And the number that they are owning up to, according to Fox, is astounding. That it will cost just under $52 trillion over 10 years. The campaign proposes a host of new tax increases to pay for it, while still claiming the middle class will not face any additional burden. Um, the quote from within the plan, according to Fox, we don't need to raise taxes on the middle class by one penny to finance Medicare for all. I have to believe for openers, her Democrat opponents for the nomination, who are trying to bring her down because she's leading the pack in most polls, are just going to eat her alive on this. That's a colossal number, Alan. They'll hang that $52 trillion on her, and if she were to survive and make it to the general election, you know Donald Trump would as well. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. It's an incredible number. $52 trillion with a yeah. T? That, yes, Isn't yes. it like the entire tax revenue for the nation in one year? I mean, <laughs> our taxes no. are going to have to double or something, and my family all have to live on a third of what I'm making because taxes is going to be everything. It's just unbelievable. It really, really is. Um, on, a, uh, on a more pleasant note here, you know what was great? I was out trick-or-treating with um with our family yesterday did you get any good candy uh i stole some candy oh. i'm one of those who admits it you know i find out like kids you take what you want all right but paka's moving in right behind you, you get i'm raiding the jack-o-lantern <laughs> you gotta wet your beak too huh? yeah i do i you know <laughs> but you know we were trick-or-treating with five-year-old ashlyn who was an avatar all in blue it was great they said nobody hug her you'll get it all over you <laughs> but it was a great makeup job by mom an eight-year-old Brindley, and you know what we were talking about? How and talking with our with our um, with our son and our daughter, and 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 saying how you know so many things have changed in this country, and so many things perhaps not for the better, but this has not changed at all. This is a trick or treating the way it was done last night throughout that in those neighborhoods was just like I remember it and like my kids remember it. It's kind of a wonderful thing. It's just a wonderful simplicity and pure magic, particularly for the little kids. And uh, for my granddaughter Isla who's uh, short of three years old, uh, her very first real Halloween trick-or-treating experience last night. Yeah. She went out dressed as Jasmine. I saw the pictures, and her dad reports uh, she got lots of candy and uh, multiple votes as cutest costume of oh, the Oh, I saw evening. a photo. Oh, she is just a doll. And I'll tell you, 
It was a wonderful thing to see that. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, you went out last <laughs> night. I got to tell you, she, you came with the most amazing costume. You have to understand that Melissa's our executive producer in for Yaffe this morning, and she's got long blonde hair and all of this. But all of that was gone. You dressed as an Orlando icon who Bob left Ross. us a number of Bob Ross, the artist, the guy with the happy trees. Happy and trees. painting all the happy trees right around and his the landscapes uh, horizon here. The big bushy hair you dressed as him was unbelievable. With a goatee, even. The likeness was frightening. <laughs> it was amazing. You can see pictures on our social media page. Just go to really? WFLA Orlando, sure. It's, it's <laughs> stunning. I mean, it's just a shocker. It really was. Who dresses as Bob Ross? Where did that come from? You know, when you find a big, uh, huge Afro wig in your garage, many thoughts come through. I thought maybe Kyle Troop, he's a bowler who has a huge hair, but Bob Ross is the most identifiable. Oh, man. Let's talk about PM Orlando for the ride home. You're doing an awesome job in Yaffestead. Well, thank you. It's it's going to be on the air nonetheless between 5 and 6 again this afternoon, even though I've been hosting it all week long. They're going to let me do it one more time. Yep. It's a jam-packed hour. Uh, We've got all the latest breaking news. We'll be watching what happens, uh, what comes down this afternoon. Of course, there's always new developments on the impeachment front. We'll watch the wildfires in California. We'll keep an eye on local news as well. All that on PM Orlando between 5 and 6 p.m. I'm taking a week's vacation next week. Um, My sweetheart, my wife of so many years, Linda and I are getting away to the Gulf Coast for a while here. And... um, I'll be back uh, in a little bit more than a week and looking forward to it. Before we go, the one-word texting poll. Melissa, pose it one more time, and Kelly has the final vote. Are you in favor of raising Florida's minimum wage to 15 bucks? yes or no? easy for you to say. No, it wasn't. For the yeses, we have 20, and overall for the noes, we have 200. Landslide. Landslide. I guess we can call it now. Yeah, yeah. We won't be here for the cliffhanger and the, you know, the... You know, the projection hours from now, I think we can put that one into the books. We'll put this show into the books as well. Welcome to the month of November. Cool air moving in. You got to love it. And um, I'll see you in about a week. Don't worry. We're going to have some great GM Orlando shows. Good morning, Orlando, for you. Six to nine every morning next week, whether I'm here or not. Have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu online.